0: Galen is a product, we position ourselves as a product, a turnkey product. Galen designs and operates as a Class Three medical device company from a software perspective. And so we're purpose-built, hyper-focused exclusively on the medical device industry.
1: Welcome to the Medical Device Innovators Podcast. On this podcast, we explore ways to accelerate development and get your medical devices to market faster and more efficiently. We engage with industry professionals that are changing the game and talk through the processes and challenges shaping medical device development in the current day and age with ever shortening timelines and budgets. This episode is brought to you by System Insight Engineering, a leading innovator in leveraging computational modeling and simulation to reduce time and cost in getting medical devices to market through insightful design decisions, dots to support regulatory approval, and clarifying understanding into device performance. System Insight Engineering helps you to better your bottom line so you can help more people faster. Find out more at siesimulation.com. Here's your host, Arlen
2: Ward. Welcome to the medical device innovators podcast on this episode. I have with me Chris Dupont from Galen data, and we're going to talk about something we haven't really spent much time on in previous episodes. We're going to talk about cloud connected medical devices. And I was just at a conference this week. I would say half the people I talk to that are developing devices or more are looking at some sort of cloud connection. Definitely a hot topic, definitely something that, you know, as we get more into AI and machine learning, we're going to need that data anyway. So the easier we can make it aggregated together, I think, the better. So welcome, Chris. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for the opportunity to share a little background on Galen data.
2: And it's kind of fascinating to me because as I was saying right before we started, as a device guy, you know, all I really think about is oh, if it needs to be cloud-connected, we need to make sure that it includes Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or something. And I never really think about what happens on the other side of that. Is that kind of what Galen Data does?
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's a great analogy. You think about the mechanics, the Bluetooth connection, the communication protocol. But what we often don't think about is the compliance and regulatory aspect. The other thing is, my background is Class 3 neurostimulator implantable devices, and When we build a device, release it, and that device lives for a certain amount of years. But a cloud is something that you don't build once and forget about. A cloud is something that we build, but then you have to nurture it, nourish it, maintain it each and every day. Every day in the news, another security patch comes out. So that's what's unique about the cloud is it's not build once and forget. It's a living beast that you have to feed each day with updates. And then there's the changing standards, and of course, those impact mobile devices, but it's not build once and forget. It's a living animal, a living beast that you have to feed and nurture and maintain every day. And that's what we do.
2: Yeah. Just as you were saying that, that's, I mean, I started thinking as you talked about regulatory side of things, like, oh, there's not only the approval of the device, but now you've got HIPAA concerns. You've got cybersecurity concerns. You've got, there's also a lot of other things that go into that. Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. So as a company, do you work with specific customers or is it kind of open to, Everybody, I don't know how you would divide up the cloud computing and medical devices business.
0: No, that's a great question. So Galen is a product. We position ourselves as a product, a turnkey product. Galen designs and operates as a class three medical device company from a software perspective. And so we're purpose-built hyper-focused exclusively on the medical device industry. Galen is ISO 1345. For the folks that don't know, that's a quality management system that most medical devices get. We're also high-trust certified as hosted on AWS. That's on the same level of ISO. It took us two years, 41 documents, independent verification, but it's a certificate now that we can provide. But our customer is the manufacturer of the device. So the little bit of history, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I was mm-hmm. in the business of building custom clouds. So the whole reason Galen exists is that most medical devices aren't connected to the cloud. And You just said you came from a conference where 50% of those devices are going to have cloud connectivity. Five years ago, you'd have to go out and hire me to build a custom one-off cloud. In Galen's history, that started happening again and again. So we saw the opportunity to take all that service revenue and those experience and turn it into a product. So now when a medical device company decides to connect, it doesn't take a year and a half a million dollars or more because it's very expensive when you do all the compliance. We can have companies up and running in a matter of days. And so our target is a manufacturer of those medical devices.
2: So... I guess I would view that then kind of like a component of that medical device that you're providing a component. You must be in the business because that's a genius statement. That's very insightful.
0: So when we build a system, our medical device systems, you have an implantable device, you have a physician programmer, you have a lead, you have a tunneling tool. And so we are just a component in your system. But that component is purpose-built, hyper-focused on the medical device industry. And that component meets all the regulations, cybersecurity, backup, failover that you would expect. Think of it as a master device file. That's what we are, but there's no way to do that for a cloud yet, but that's in our future. But we are a component in your system of the medical device system. That's very insightful.
2: So what do you gain by going to something that's rebuilt and already certified and all of that? We're talking time and cost savings, or I imagine that you've thought of things that most device companies that come to you haven't thought of when it comes to what happens on the cloud side of their device?
0: Yeah, the one thing that's unique is that the folks of Galen are medical device folks, class two and class three. We come from that industry. There's a collective, over a hundred years of collective medical device experience built in the cloud. And we were born out of service revenue, people paying us to build these one-off clouds. So as engineers, we always try to anticipate the needs. And sometimes it's an educated guess when you're bringing a brand new product, untested product to market. Not so with Galen. We come from the industry and people were paying us to build these things. So in the previous life, it would be a half a million to a million just to pay us to design and build this one-off cloud. We turn over all the source code and then that company would have to go hire a cybersecurity expert, an IT to maintain that cloud. We offload all that. So yes, it's money because we're nickels on the dollar when you consider a million dollars. It's time. So we have marquee customers on our platform, the ones you read about in the news. They have all the money and resources in the world, right? What they don't have is time. We minimize loss opportunity. We can have those companies up and running in months from first contact to commercial operations. And then I know you're a mechanical engineer, but I'm sure you've been involved with very complex systems. Software is just hard. No matter how smart and expertise we have, when we release a complex medical device system, version one will have bugs. Time is the true test of software. So we usually don't get bugs out until version three. Every day Galen exists, we're driving down those bugs. We're on version 16, hypothetically speaking, but, and so even if you went out and spent $10 million on your own cloud, there's going to be risk because it's unproven and there will be bugs in it. So every day we live,
2: time is the true test of any software complex system. And when that's implemented for a specific client, does that whole system, including the component of the cloud side does it have to get recertified or is it basically translation through with what you've done in the past?
0: So as an engineer, I always want to be as transparent and honest with my words. So we're going to have to unpack that in about four layers. So Galen itself is classified as an MDDS, Medical device Data System. We are a second display. So if you have a device with a primary display and you want to send that to the cloud, we are just a secondary display. We're the redundant display. Now, with that being said, we have class three implantable devices on our system. And so that's when we become a component. So in full, and again, I want to be super clear about this is that Galen is not FDA approved. It's not FDA registered because by Galen's itself, it's called an MDDS. We say FDA compliant, meaning that ISO, HITRUST, 62304 and 14971 and a handful of other guidance documents and standards, we're compliant to those. We are certified to HITRUST in ISO. Now, that class three, we're just a component. So that system does go through a verification, validation, a 510K or a PMA, whatever your regulatory pathway is. But what we do is we maintain that Galen is a state of the art with standards, you know, all the technology. So ideally, what we do is we open up our DHF design history file and provide documents for your regulatory pathway as you go through it. And it's something that we do
2: throughout the life cycle. And- You've obviously been through that with probably many different regulatory agencies, so you know where their concerns are. You can kind of address them along the way. I mean, we have something very similar in what we do, which is on the computer simulation and modeling side of things, right? When that data makes it in front of that regulatory body, you know what their concerns are, they want to see the verification, the validation. They want to know about the code. They want to know about the mesh. They want to know there are certain things that having been there before there's advantages to that help smooth that process. And I imagine that's very much the same for cloud systems.
0: Yeah. So if my device sends a one, I expect the one to be received by the cloud, displayed by the cloud, backed up. And so we have all the systems and controls and documentation to make sure that all the verification is done and configuration changes and all that, we take care of that. So yes, absolutely.
2: Okay. It's a fascinating system. Like I said, that. I just had never really considered was part of the ecosystem for sure, but it makes a whole lot of sense, especially now as we get more and more into that machine learning side of things, because that data has to be collected somewhere and then you can use it to train systems and validate things along the way. But for many years, it was handwritten notes in paper files, right? So this is great.
0: Devices are point of care. They're indications of use that cleared for that specific indications of use. Now. The opportunity, and I experienced this at a company called Cyberonics, which is now Livanova, is that we have all this programming data, all this use data, all this diagnostic. Today's gold, yes, the device is important, but the real opportunity is to take that gold, that data, and predict that next patient issue or learn from an entire population. Imagine I have a heart pump and I switch out the grease and the ball bearing starts to vibrate. Over time, My analytics can predict that ball bearing will fail in three months. If a heart pump fails, that patient dies in three minutes. And so if I have analytics that can predict that, so the goal today is the data. And then utilizing that data to help improve the human condition through AI, machine learning analytics, that's our future. And Galen is the store of that data. We don't own that data. The manufacturers own that data, but we help store, protect, keep that data safe, and then leverage analytics for them to mine information and ultimately to help improve the human condition.
2: Nice. Yeah, there's so many upsides that being able to have that data over time, like you said, even feeding it into digital twins and things like that, to be able to say, we have a lifespan issue that's about to come up and you're able to go in and fix things before, like you're down to three minutes, like you said. So. so for you personally, is your background in building these systems all the way back and on the software side, or how did you get involved in medical devices? So
0: I often joke, I have a genetic disorder called entrepreneurialism, and when it itches, I scratch it. Some people poke fun at me for saying that, but it's true. So I have a master's in electrical engineering. I studied artificial intelligence in graduate school. And now that was a long time ago, but that is a strong interest of mine. NASA brought me down to Houston to work for IBM space station or the NASA space station working for IBM. And that was a great experience. And it's a very formal experience. What's different about NASA Think about sending commands to the space shuttle, 250 miles in low Earth orbit. If we mess up, we hurt people. In medical device, we send commands two and a half inches into interspace. If we mess up, we hurt people. So the paradigm is very similar to developing shuttle software or implantable software. But I learned of a company called Cyberonics. We were building a class three neurostimulator. First time the FDA ever approved a device to treat a neurological disorder. It was usually done with pharmaceuticals. We created a pulse generator, implanted like a pacemaker, wrapped a helical core around the vagus nerve and applied a charge density pulse that essentially interrupted the electrical storms with patients with epilepsy. It's more complicated than that, but I was in charge of the physician program or the software that programmed that implantable device and spent nine years there, joined them first before the, any commercial sales, pre-revenue. And that was a great experience because there was no market, no codes, nothing. And we had to create all that and a lot of lessons learned. And that's where the seed of Galen really planted. Have you ever heard of the Twiddler syndrome?
2: No, I've not heard of it.
0: So as an engineer, you sit down and you try to do a risk analysis on how your device fails, right? And we're pretty good at that, but we did that, but there's a risk we missed. So imagine a lead that runs underneath your skin. And you can Google this. It's called the Twiddler syndrome. It's from the pacemaker. What we didn't anticipate is patients would take their forefinger and thumb and they would twiddle. They would manipulate that lead underneath the skin. Over time, the individual strands of those leads would fracture and break. Our device was not a cure. It was a therapy. If we stopped providing our electrical pulse, the disease state, epilepsy, would return. We never anticipated a patient-induced fault by manipulating the lead. We were a constant current device. We ran diagnostics every day. The device did. But our patients, when they got in the cadence with the physician, they'd only see the physician once every six months. If a patient introduced a fault, we would never know about it. The disease state, epilepsy would return. If I had a check engine light on that device, if I could measure that lead impedance over time and trend it and watch the lead impedance go up, I could be proactive. There was misprogramming events. You mentioned paper. Paper was crazy. We would support clinical trials and people would write down the wrong value from the physician programmer. If I could capture that information and bypass that writing manual down and put it into the cloud and then run diagnostics analysis and have that check engine light. We could do a world of good. So that was experience from Cyberonics 15, 18 years ago, where I was like, if we were only connected, we could do so much good. We could one, prevent that device from failing. Two, we could mine that data and provide better services and help improve the human condition.
2: Oh yeah, that's fantastic. I've thought that monitoring it over time. You're going to start catching those faults or other things, star tissue that builds up and the biological response is going to show up in the data from your device. We had
0: fibrosis that would cover the lead and naturally increase the resistance or the
2: impedance of the device. So absolutely. Yeah. And so you don't have to necessarily wait for epilepsy to return to get to that point. And then obviously, once you have those systems and that ability in something that's a therapeutic device, then you can get into something that's an intervention that's more life challenging from the get go. So. Absolutely. So you started off and we're working on that type of device. And then how did you get from there?
0: Yeah. So that genetic disorder kicked in and I kind of topped out. We grew from 70 people to 700 people. We went through radical change and some of that change was difficult and good, but so many lessons learned. I poked my head up and I said, let me go try something else. So I contacted a friend that had his business doing NASA work and I said, let me go build the life science division for you from scratch. And he said, okay, but you have to work two and a half jobs and work the weekends. I'm like, okay, how hard can that be? It turned out to be really hard, but I left Cyronix and started a life science division in a company called Titronic Software, Inc., a NASA contractor here in Houston. And over time, we built a life science division because they were 100% government and they wanted to get that 50-50 split. And so developing shuttle software or medical software is very similar from a culture point of view. It's a very formal risk reverse or risk minimization on that software development. So over time, we built this organization. And then I also had the opportunity to get it ISO 1345 certified. We wrote all our own procedures all our own software tools from Doc control to capital risk management to equipment tracker to manage that. And we used BSI at the time. And then we were a service organization. We'd go out and solicit for physician programmers, dosing calculators, any type of class two or class three medical device software, because we had the skills, we had the expertise, and now we had the system to help manage it from a quality management system. And then that's where Galen presented itself to us is that companies were coming to us and as you know, large medical device companies innovate very little, right? They buy small companies at a premium to buy down risk. And so small medical buys companies were coming to us and said, to be competitive in a connected world, we need a cloud. But there was no product. There was nothing out there. And they say, "Titronics, can you build me this cloud? And we said, sure. But you first have to write me a half million dollar check because it just, it takes time to do risk analysis, independent of tests, verification, validation, design controls. And so we would do all the formal testing and then that would take six months, nine months, half a million to a million dollars, and then we turn that over to the manufacturer, and then that would happen again and again. And so we started to see a pattern. That neural network training back in graduate school, oh, there's a pattern appearing here. And then a small company maybe only had a million dollars in funding, and they couldn't afford that half million dollar price. So on one hand, we were solving a problem out in the industry. On another hand, we saw a problem to be solved. So fortunately, that genetic disorder kicked in and said, I think there's an opportunity. Because it was crazy. Why do you have to spend a million dollars to keep doing this? That's not Right. And so we said, we could turn it into a product. We could spread that cost over 100, 200 customers and make it very inexpensive and very reliable and drive down risk. And so when that presented itself to us, we said, I went to my manager and I said, let me go start a company. They said, okay, but you're going to have to work two and a half jobs and start all over again and build another quality management system all over again. And so then that's what we did.
2: So you weren't involved basically on in this side of things from the early stages of this has never been done before through, we're doing each one custom along the way to, we have common systems here that drive down cost and time and things like that. As you've been developing that and moving in that direction, the regulatory bodies coming along with you. Are they looking at these same things? I mean, if you're going over and over again to the FDA with the same, here's what we built and here's how we did it. I imagine it's not too long before they start seeing the same patterns and what they need to do, which is set up guidance documents and accept standards and things like that.
0: And one clarification is that our customer isn't the FDA. Our customer is the manufacturer of the device that needs cloud connectivity. And we built the Galen as a class three medical device. So that means all the compliance, all the regulatory, all the standards. And that's our experience. And from day one, when we laid that first cornerstone of the Galen Foundation, our intent was to be fully compliant with all the standards. And the standards evolve. They're not static. There's a new cybersecurity standard. So our job is to make sure we stay out in front of all those standards, those compliance, and offload that burden from you from a cloud point of view. We've had indirect communication with the FDA because the FDA, one of the value propositions is we had the FDA through a, one of our class three implantable devices say, we need to see the cybersecurity plan for the Galen platform. I opened up my DHF, my design history file, and provided that via our customer, which in turn provided it to the FDA. Now for class two devices, we provide our ISO certificate or 1345, our high trust and something called a certificate of compliance. We provide those out of the box. And for most class two devices, that's all that's needed. The class three it's different
2: because it's a different roast profile. So now let's imagine that I have this grand idea for a medical device. That's going to collect all sorts of data for whatever it is that we're doing and I realized that I need a system for collecting that data, for monitoring those things, output to the other side. Where do I even start? And what you advice me, do you have? Can <laughs> <It's, it's, it's, laughs> you hook me up
0: with a cloud? I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm joking aside, but hopefully you would reach out to Galen and state what you just did. And we would talk you through what Galen is. And so we're all, I didn't mention this, but we're also patent protected. And so the core IP of Galen is, we, it's called the data modeler. And so the very first thing you would communicate to me, what pieces of data do you want to transmit? And then we'd show you with our data model, you would create a bucket. I call it a bucket. But if you're a software person, it would be a schema. If you're an object-oriented, it would be an object with attributes. But I call it a bucket that holds my variables. And then from that, we provide, we call them APIs, Application Programming Interface. It's a RESTful-like API software libraries that we provide to you that you compile in your device. And that packages up the data, encrypts the data, sends it to the Galen cloud where we encrypt it again. We store it. And then we make that information available and configurable. And I don't use the word customization; I use configurable because we verified the configuration of these portals, and then you can have access to that data. And you can do this in days. It fully compliant with all these medical device regulations. You think you would have to have days, days. Wow. So we say weeks. Most customers do it in days. We had my challenge to you is we had a customer out of Austin that did it in three and a half hours. Wow from implementing RPIs, RPAs, configuring the data model and configuring their dashboard, three and a half hours. Took me a year
2: to do that in a previous life, a year. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about all along, right? And saving the time, saving that money, because those are the pressures that everybody's under. And to be able to implement something like this in days or even weeks, to do it in weeks is phenomenal as well, right? But yeah, don't wait until you're three hours out from meeting it to call you though.
0: Right. And and it's not just the money. I mean, that's important. It's not just the time that's important, but it's the risk. We drive down risk. We're constantly driving down risk all the time. Well,
2: one of the things that kind of stands out to me is if you're involved afterward, I mean, like the, this entire product exists and is connected and you're maintaining the cloud side of that, like you said, that there's kind of the moving targets of cybersecurity and standards and things of that nature. There is no one better for maintaining that than you, because you designed the thing to start with. If it was one of those one-off systems that you back up a number of years, you build it, and then you hand it off to the company and they've got to essentially duplicate your expertise and inside their own organization in order to maintain that same system that you have now taken on as your part of the whole device.
0: Rightly said, and one of the questions we get is like, Chris, AWS, Amazon Web Services, is HIPAA compliant. And I say, no, actually, it's HIPAA configurable. You need to have the skills and understanding the expertise to configure it. And imagine a funnel. And at the very bottom, there's a slice. And that slice represents HIPAA configurable, HIPAA compliant. But what AWS doesn't have is it doesn't have design controls. It doesn't have the business rules. It doesn't have the cybersecurity. It certainly doesn't have the ongoing maintenance and maintainability of that. And it certainly isn't compliant with all the different regulations the FDA requires. That's Galen. And in that previous life, when people were writing me a half million dollar, million dollar check, we are deploying on AWS back then. And so we get that question a lot. And it's just that they don't come from the medical device space. They don't understand the regulations and compliance. And that's sometimes difficult for us to, we deal with a lot of PhDs from MIT, Stanford, super, super smart people, but they don't know how to spell FDA. They don't understand the trials and tribulations in the regulatory pathway. And it's just tough sometimes if you don't come from the medical device industry, you just don't understand
2: And that's a risk. Even other regulated industries don't seem to necessarily have the same relationships. So, yeah, and I I completely agree with with you about AWS. They're more than happy to hand over all the knobs and levers to you and let you configure them to whatever it is that you think you need. And it doesn't take very long to get off into the weeds. And it's just from my own personal experience. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So these companies... Outside of just coming to you and kind of walking through what it is that they want and getting that implemented, even earlier, as they're thinking of concepts and things like that, what are some of the more surprising ways that cloud connectivity has been used and leveraged to to create real value for some other part of the system, whether it's the physicians or the patient, things that haven't been done before, any of that? So in our world, there's
0: something called SAMD, software as a medical device there is no physical device. These are algorithms running on our cloud that detect cancer. We have one company that has two different types of algorithms detecting two different types of cancer. I studied all their intelligence in graduate school. And if you would have asked me about a month ago, how many algorithms has the FDA cleared? And I would have said five or six. Actually, a report I read a few weeks ago is they've cleared over 300, what they classify as AI algorithms. That's the future. I mean, AI has been in the news a lot lately, but That's the power is taking the data. First, you have to get the data. Galen is the repository in the safe storage of that data. You can't do AI without having that data. So Galen is the keeper of that data. And the data, I want to be very clear about this. The data is owned by the manufacturer. We have no rights to the data. And so the manufacturer can now start mining that information using the -the state-of-the-art AI to help improve the human condition. And we have multiple companies on our platform doing that. And it's amazing what they're achieving with that.
2: The hundreds of approved AI systems is mind-boggling to me. I would have been right there with you that it would have been maybe double digits, but.
0: Yeah, I was amazed. And then, and a lot of them though, that all the training has been done before they go into commercial implementation. But when you start training in the wild and learning, and that's going to be, you know, adaptive AI, right? Adaptive algorithms. We train neural networks before we release them, but that's happening before our eyes. And that's, I don't know, it's a pretty exciting time to be part of the industry.
2: Oh, yeah. I can't imagine a more cutting edge part of medical devices right now, more than machine learning and AI side of things. And as what drives that has got to be the collection of data real time. What's out there for specific patients and being able to react to that. It's only an upside.
0: Think check engine light. And then what can you do? Check engine light if you have low tire pressure, if there's something significantly wrong. There isn't really a check engine light until a few years ago for medical device. Why is that? There's lots of reasons in the previous, slide in COVID, I mean, that COVID is highlighting the opportunities that why do I have to go to a doctor when I have my medical device? Why can't I have access to it? Why do I have to go and see a physician? And so that we've learned a lot through COVID.
2: Yeah. I mean, it does definitely open up the opportunity to not needing to go all the way into the doctor to have things configured. You have them configured while you're still at home, or maybe you don't have access. You might live in a remote part of the country where, you know, that type of expertise, maybe they fly to Houston and have it installed and originally programmed. But then those checkups that happen every six months or whatever, you live out in the middle of nowhere. The twiddler syndrome, self-induced
0: faults. Why can't I have information and help that patient? I should, and I, as an engineer, I would demand it. We need to be able to provide better care to our patients.
2: Yeah, and this is a way to close that feedback for sure and make that happen. So.
0: All right. So if I want to learn more, how do I get a hold of you? GalenData.com is our website. If you want to email me, my first name is Chris, C H R I S, Chris at GalenData.com. I would love to talk to you, have a conversation, and talk about Galen and learn more about
2: your medical device. I love learning about medical devices. The technology is amazing that's happening today. And what's the ideal time in the development lifecycle for them to come talk to you?
0: That's a great question. So one of the things we try to ask in our sales process is, is connectivity priority number one or priority number two. Most new innovative medical devices are requiring connectivity. But you know, as you know, there's indications of use and you need to focus on your therapy first and get that cleared or approved by the FDA. And so there's some business decisions. What we're also seeing is devices that have been in the field for 20 years, and now it's going to Gen 2 or Gen 3 and Gen 2 or Gen 3 will have connectivity. And so it's both. It's second generation, third generation medical devices. It's first generation medical devices. Sometimes it's CMD. There is no physical device. It's an algorithm that's doing very important work. So I'll be perfectly honest. We can't always figure out when that inflection point is when we reach out to companies when they need that. But when you do, when you need that connectivity,
2: give us a call and we will help you get connected in a heartbeat. And it's always better to go earlier than later, right? It's better to say, you know what? You're not quite there. Come back in a few months. Versus you should have been talking to us a year ago.
0: <laughs> we hope that our costs are structured where we're just a nickel on your balance sheet. We're not a million dollars spend. And then two million or a couple engineers you have to hire to maintain it. So we try to make it so affordable where our cost is not a factor. Can I tell you a quick story? Our very first customer called me up and says, I need a physician programmer. I'm like, we can do that. And he goes, I also need a cloud, but I can't afford it. And I said, what happens if the cloud was already built and it was only a fraction, a couple nickels compared to what you thought? He goes... I never thought I could afford a cloud because it's, you know, he was thinking a million dollars. For next to nothing, relatively speaking, to that million dollars, he was our very first customer on the Galen platform and it was a sleep apnea device. And so it was super exciting. And he took a risk on us. We took a risk on him. And this was pre-COVID. So when COVID happened, they were running a small clinical trial and they were able to complete their small clinical trial because they had connectivity where a lot of people were having to shut down their clinical trials because they couldn't send humans out there. And so that's a real life story, a real use case from the backstory
2: of Galen. Nice. I I think that's a huge benefit in and of itself, right? Being able to continue those things. And whenever the next global pandemic, it won't be for a hundred years, but. (laughs) I'm hoping so. (laughs) No more. I appreciate you coming on today. I learned a ton myself. I'm sure that the listeners do too. And I will definitely make sure that your contact information is in the show notes. And
0: thank you very much. Thank you. And let me give you a little shout out. I've listened to a handful of your podcasts and they're very informative. So for all the folks out there, there's a lot of content and valuable information and a lot of different types of health devices you talk about. So congrats to you. It's you got, you're doing a great podcast and it's a service to our industry. So thank you for that.
2: Thanks. I appreciate that. I feel pretty lucky. I get to talk to people doing amazing things and just kind of pick their brains and then put it out there to share because I think it's great for the whole industry for sure to just see what's possible and... At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is change lives and make things better for patients. So why not share that? I couldn't
0: agree more. So thank you for your service to the industry.
1: Thank you for listening to the Medical Device Innovators podcast, powered by System Insight Engineering. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by System Insight Engineering, a leading innovator in leveraging computational modeling and simulation to reduce time and cost in getting medical devices to market through insightful design decisions, dots to support regulatory approval and clarifying understanding into device performance. System Insight Engineering helps you to better your bottom line, so you can help more people faster. Find out more at siesimulation.com.